Congratulations, you just got a new promotion or maybe you just got a new job and you're thinking to yourself, what do I have to do in my first 30 days in order to make an impact? What should I do? What shouldn't I do? And I know it's very stressful, but that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Hi, I'm Glenn Pash. I'm your host of You're In Charge. Now what? The channel that equips new managers and experienced managers with real world solutions to help build their confidence and their effectiveness as leaders. Each week we dive headfirst into the challenges that managers grapple with and we're going to give you practical strategies by the end of this episode that you can put into practice right away. So let's dive into today's episode and get you started on the right path for your first 30 days. All right. So first 30 days, that's what we're going to talk about. Going to give you five strategies, things that you have to put in place in order to have those first 30 days be very successful. Now I'm going to, uh, uh, preview all of these five strategies with, uh, understanding that one of the biggest downfalls of managers in their first 30 days is they have a lot to prove their ego gets in the way. They want to make sure that whoever hired them made the right decision. Or if you got promoted, they, that you are that right person. And sometimes you rush through these five strategies, or you don't even do these five strategies because you're trying to make an impact. And sometimes doing that affects the team well in the short term, possibly but it really affects it negatively in the long term. So please listen to these five strategies and apply them. And, and again, it doesn't matter how experienced you were. I will guarantee you probably missed a few of these steps. Okay, so number one, how did you get the job? Were you promoted internally or were you brought in from the outside? That's very important because they both have pros and cons, but if you're not conscious of them, Again, you can skip steps and really have a negative impact on your team. Let's look at first, you were brought in from the outside. So you were hired by someone. All, all the team hears is Glenn is starting on X date. Well, what are the pros of this situation for you as a manager? Well, number one is you don't have any preconceived notions of the team. You don't know any of them. You don't know their good points, their bad points. So that's great. You can make your own judgment. Fantastic. Um, the other pro is, again, you don't know the inner workings of the team. So it's great. I can ask all these questions. I can learn on my own. That's a that, Those are very good pros. What are some of the cons? Well, one of the cons is as much as you don't know the team, the team doesn't know you. So their guard's going to be up wondering what type of manager you are. They're going to question everything you do. They're going to be watching everything you do. And there could be a long time for you to try to win them over, you know, take down their guard. So that's a negative. Then we have to be prepared for that. Okay. So let's say you were promoted from within. What are the pros? Well, it's almost a reverse. The team does know you. So that's good. You know them, they know you, that, you know, barrier is down a little bit. You also know the culture of the company. So that gives you a little leg up on that. You also know what, know what happened to the previous manager where they promoted up and that's a good thing. Or where did they fail? And now you're taking over. What's the negative, Glenn? That sounds all really good. The negative is you may have been sitting next to these people as a teammate, and now you have to lead them. 
So that's going to be your learning curve or your learning challenge. Or again, if you came into a project or from another team, there is going to be people judging you on why did you get this position? Who are you now? Are you going to change because now you're a manager? All of those things you need to be conscious of. So as you move through these next four steps and beyond that you're conscious of, I was sitting right with these people and how I have to earn their respect in order to manage them. And there may be some attitude coming back towards me for that. So again, understanding how you got into the job. And the reason why I wanted to start there is that influences a lot of the other four. Okay. Number two, this is very important. Whether you're promoted from within or whether you were brought in from the outside, you need to interview the leaders of the organization or the people who hired you. Now, some, some cases, a hiring manager may not be the person that you're reporting to. So it's important for you to understand who am I reporting to? Very important. That means you are now on someone else's team. This is where the disconnect is a lot of times. Just because I have that position, whose team am I on? just like other people are on your team. It's very important to know that because you have to go have that conversation with them. And some of the points that you have to uh, talk with them about, and, and I want you to write these down, it's very important. As I said previously, did the person who was in the role previously, were they promoted? So that means the team's functioning well, because how I take over that team, I need to understand from my supervisor, Am I expected just to run it as the previous person did? Am I expected to change things? So I need to understand what my what, what's expected of me. Because again, I'm going to approach this situation completely different if I need you to just maintain this and improve this versus it was a failure, we need to rebuild. So I need to understand what happened to that previous person. Now, number two in this section is what are the metrics? What am I being judged on? Is it sales volume? Is it profit? Is it speed? I don't, I, I need to understand it. Why do I need to understand the metrics? Because I have to then reverse engineer what are the actions that take place in order to generate those results? What do I have to measure, move, adjust in order to improve performance or in the case of it's a well-run organization, I have to understand what they, they're doing to uh, generate those consistent results so I make sure it continues to happen. So understanding the metrics that I'm going to be judged on. Number three is also in this reporting to my supervisor, this, you know, that person whose team I'm on, what are they looking to uh, from me in order to communicate results? Are they looking for a weekly report, a daily conversation? If they're asking for a report, what does the report look like? What metrics do they want in there? Too often I have seen people not ask that question and then there's conflict at the end. I think this is what I should report to my supervisor and they're looking for something completely different. I think they want this big, large report and all they want is a summary. I go talk to them every single day and they don't want to talk to me every day. They want to meet me on a Friday. It's very important that you say to that supervisor, again, what are the metrics that you're looking for? In what format should we be communicating? How often should we 
uh, be communicating and what do we need to talk about? And then the last uh, point leading into this uh, conversation is, what's my timeline for success? It's completely different if someone, I take over a, a team and they tell me that I'd like to see changes in 60 days, 90 days, we need to be at this goal versus we need to move the needle in the next two weeks. Completely different strategies. But I need to know that because if I think I have 90 days and leadership is looking for changes in 30 days, there's going to be conflict. So it's very important before you start. Now, hopefully some of this is done in the interview process, but if not, and you get that job, if you don't have the answers to these questions, you need to make sure that you sit down with them and map out all of these uh, issues or else your first 30 days, 60, 90 days are going to be a struggle. Now, we want to also make sure that what I was talking about earlier about taking over a team. If I'm coming in from the outside, one of the questions I want to ask uh, this manager is, uh, or my supervisor, I should say, is, was anyone else up for this position on the team that I'm going to manage? It's very important because they could be trying to sabotage you. Maybe. But I need to go have a conversation with them, maybe not right out of the gate, but within the first 30 days, I need to sit down with that person and talk to them about the fact that I heard that you were up for this promotion as well. Uh, I'd love to find ways that we can work together and maybe, you know, give you some uh, different duties or different responsibilities to help grow them and, and win them over onto your side. It's very important or else they potentially could sabotage you, talk behind your back, and I want to win those people over. But I need to know who they are first. Same thing. If I was promoted from within, was there anyone else you were considering? Because I don't want anyone who I was with, who I thought was a teammate, sabotaging me. So again, very important to do that. And then lastly, any type of cuts in that conversation. What 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 ability do you have to make changes? Can you change things on your own? Do you have to run everything by this supervisor in order to make changes? So again, in those first 30 days, that's why I'm saying taking so much time on this first initial conversation because it's going to help you as you move forward in your 30 days, okay? So understanding how you got the job, the pros and cons, and having all of those interview questions answered for you which moves you into point number three. Point number three is where are the written processes for what my team does? Now, for those of you who uh, have been uh, listeners of this show for a long time, first off, I do appreciate that. But you'll know that we talk about process a lot, documented processes. Why do we need documented processes? So there's no misunderstanding no miscommunication. We want to make sure that we have everything documented so that everybody is, you know, executing off the same playbook. Think of sports. A lot of you possibly are sports fans, or even if you do music, there's, here's the score of the piece. Here's the playbook for plays we're going to run. It's not haphazard. Everybody has a role to execute on this play. Same thing. What are the process? What did, what do each individual people person have to do? What does the team have to do in order to generate the results we're looking for? So the reason I want to see that process written out now, again, 
we'll talk about in future episodes. If there isn't a process, how to develop a process, but I don't want to take that much time here. But it is important to make note that if we don't have a process somewhere, that goes on your list. The reason why I want that process is that's going to be my guidebook now through my first 30 days to watch. If you have the runway to not make changes in the first two weeks to a month to those 30 days, I would not make any changes. Would not if you have the ability. I want to watch based on using that process as my checklist. I want to watch how people are doing. I want to see how the team is executing on the processes that they're supposed to be doing. I want to start creating a document for each one of my team members to see how they're executing on the process. And the reason why it's important to give yourself that time over the first 30 days to watch this is because people can be on their good behavior when you're there. New manager is here. I'm going to do everything I remember. Wait for two, three, four, five, six days into 10 days. Watch that repetition. People will default back to what they do normally, what their habits are. So I can be very good for the first day, but I it's very hard for to be for me to be on my best behavior for five days if I haven't been doing this process all along. And it allows you to start documenting what you're seeing in order to start building up your strategy of what you're going to change, what you're going to work on in your first 30 days. So again, if you have, and again, caveat is if you have the leeway, even if you have to make changes by 30 days, I would take at least one week and do nothing and just document everything. It's going to allow you to handle this next part of our uh, uh, process here, step number four or tactic number four in order to uh, have a really productive first 30 days. Now, let me just take a quick break here. As I said, I appreciate everyone. I hope that you've subscribed to the channel. Make sure you click the button. This way you'll get alerted each week where myself or myself and my guests are going to bring you strategies to help you. Also down in the comments, if there's a topic you would like us to address, please throw it in the comments. I appreciate it. And as I always say, if you find value, please share it out with your network. Somebody else could benefit from this as well. Okay, let's get back to what we were talking about. Little summary. Point number one, understanding what your challenges, pros and cons are coming from the outside or being promoted from within. Number two is having that conversation with your superior. Who do you report to? Whose team are you on? And making sure you understand what metrics you're going to be judged on, how long you have. Did anyone else, uh, was anyone else up for promotion? Uh, what is my authority to make changes? How do you want to communicate daily, weekly? What type of reporting do you want? Type of communication, understanding all of that is going to help you connect with who's above you, right? So managing up is as important as managing down to your team. Now, once we're talking about our team, now first we want to get the process. What's the written process? What are the ways that we achieve our goals and what should the team be doing? I'm going to spend time, hopefully you have 30 days to really watch uh, before I have to make changes. But as I said, even if you have to make changes in 30 days, take a week Take a week and really just watch what's going on. Uh, the reason why I want to do this is I'm going to start documenting everything because before we execute on anything, we have to communicate up what we're planning on doing. And that's going to be point five. Now, point four is communicating with your team. Start introducing yourself to them. 
And this is where you have the opportunity to start building up your consistency, explaining to them how you work, explaining down maybe changes to we're going to have morning meetings. Maybe they never had morning meetings before. In this meeting, we're going to start talking about these metrics. We're going to be communicating this. This is going to be your responsibility uh, as a participant of the meeting. Here's the runway of when we're going to make this change. So you start communicating out, not what you're seeing wrong. Maybe you can start complimenting them on things that you're seeing that are really good. But this is your opportunity to start breaking that ice. Whether you were with these people previously and they're starting to look at you and looking for changes, are you going to become the manager or are you going to still help them succeed? Now, one of the keys in this time of meeting, take the opportunity to meet with each of your people one-on-one. -on -one. It's important for you to understand who they are as a person. Family. Do they have children? What's their hope? What's their dream? Meaning, are they looking for a long-term position in the company? Are they looking to grow into what your role is? Because again, if that's something that someone wants to do, that's your job as their coach to help them get there. One of the best pieces of advice I can give you as a manager is you should be looking for ways to duplicate yourself so you can move up and go on and do more. You will never be able to take on a new challenge if you have not replaced yourself. So always look for potentially replacing yourself with someone just as good as you. Now, again, if someone has children, that might mean scheduling problems and you have to be flexible or depending how flexible your company is, but you need to know this about it. More importantly, as you're having these one-on-one -on -one meetings, you can explain to them how you're going to coach them as an individual. I do one-on-one -on -one meetings. Here's what we're going to talk about. Hey, I noticed you're really doing well on this. Maybe asking them, is there any area that you would like me to help you with first? The funny thing is, most of the time, they're going to ask for help about the area that you already noticed they're underperforming is. Most people know where they're weak, but the fact that you're opening up to them and asking them how you can help them versus let me tell you where you're wrong is a completely different time. So spend that time effectively. And then lastly, number five is before you start changing anything, I would go up with your plan and run it by your supervisor. Ask them for a half an hour of their time. I'd like to review what I saw, what my feelings are, and more importantly, here are some, maybe some low-hanging fruit, some easy wins that we could apply right away. I just want to run it by you. Now, you might say, well, Glenn, they don't care. They just want results. I can see your point, but I disagree. Always get validation because you could be seeing something and you could be wanting to change something and they're saying, no, I'd rather you do this one, right? Maybe you have three things that you want to accomplish and you want number one and they said, well, no, really, I'd rather you start on number three. So again, it's all about communication with your coach, your leader, your manager. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I see. It just saves you time in those first 30 days. One, it tells the manager above you, your supervisor, that you understand your role. You're going to communicate. You're clearing things out. You're not, you're, it's not that you're saying, what should I do? You're coming to them with a plan. That's going to show them that they made the right decision because you're coming with a plan versus, well, I watched, I saw a lot of things. I don't know what to do. What should I do first is not the right question you should be asking. You should be saying, here are three things that I think we should be doing. I think we should do it in A, B, and C. 
what are your thoughts? And they might say, I see where you're coming, but I would do B first, then A, then C. And you're like, great, I'll keep you updated. And then you fall into your routine of communication with your team. So I hope those five things help. I think if you apply them, and as I said, whether you're new and this is your first time or your experience taking over a new business, a new dealership, you're taking over a new project, you're taking over a new division, take the time to execute those five things. It will help you on your first 30 days. So again, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you being here. As I say, each week we're here to help you with new challenges and new strategies to help you become the leader you want to be. I know there's a lot of places that you can consume content, but the fact that you're here with me uh, means the world to me. And if you'd like any more information on my online leadership course that maybe you share with your team or one-on-one coaching or even helping your team be successful, please just click the link in the bio, fill out the form, and then we'll uh, have a conversation. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. And as I always say, you're in charge, so you can now become the best leader that you want to be by applying these strategies. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh,